0: All right, John chapter 14. Uh, before I read, I'll start with a little bit of humor this morning. Occasionally I throw humor in. And, uh, I, you know, I have a kind of a little bit of a uh, twisted sense of humor sometimes. <laughs> I laugh at things that other people don't. and So I thought this was funny. This little story went. There was a house painter who was always looking for a way to save a buck. So he would often thin his paint, add water to it, uh, to make it go further. So one day a local church decided to do a big restoration and this painter put in a bid. He got the job because his price was so competitive. Just as he was finishing the job, the painter was up on a scaffold when suddenly there was a horrendous clap of thunder. The sky opened and rain poured down washing the watery paint off the church and knocking the painter down onto the lawn, surrounded by puddles of thinned and useless paint. Fearing this was the judgment from the Almighty, he got on his knees and cried, Forgive me, what should I do? And from the thunder, a mighty voice spoke, Repaint, repaint, and thin, and thin no more. (laughs) Repaint, repaint, and thin no more. So I'm glad y'all laughed at that. It made me feel good. So if you're still trying to get it, you know, repent, repent, sin no more, only repaint, repaint, thin no more. So John chapter 14. Let's spend a few minutes in the Word of God this morning, and uh, we're believing God for His plan and His purpose for this time for our church. Amen. Uh, Let's go to Ephesians and read Ephesians 5, and then we'll come back to John 14. Ephesians 5. I don't think I recognize Visters this morning. If you're a Vister, we're glad to have you this morning. Let's give all of our visitors a hand this morning. God bless you. <clears throat> we appreciate you, and uh, we hope to see you again very soon. Ephesians 5, and uh, let's start in uh, verse 15. Ephesians 5 15 the Lord spoke to the church at Ephesus and said see then that you walk circumspectly now we don't necessarily use circumspectly more modern translations would we say carefully uh, see that you walk carefully alertly not as fools but as wise uh, of course you know the difference between a fool and a wis- and a wise person is is that a wise person uh has the capacity to uh not only evaluate today but evaluate it in light of tomorrow. Amen. <clears throat> I mean if you if you need uh you know uh, uh wood this fall, you know when it gets cold, uh the wisdom is is to go gather it in now before you need it. Right? Uh, If Jesus is coming back, Noah had wisdom. Uh, He built an ark and followed God's plan for his life and was ready for what came in the future. And so uh, we're living our lives today uh, with an eternal perspective of future. Amen. And so Jesus is coming back, and so it's important that we be aware of and live faithfully in accordance with his plan and purpose for life so he said walk carefully uh, not haphazardly or you know just randomly but live purposely live uh, uh, with purpose in life not as fool but as wise he says in verse 16 redeeming the time Uh, you know time is precious and uh you know it's you know if you were if you were at the end of your life and you were a multimillionaire and you didn't have any more time you would give all the money you had to get more time so time is more valuable than money and so you know we want to be not driven in life but we do want to have an eternal perspective on life and uh, have a responsibility to uh, make choice that that God, you know, brought us into being and that God's plan and purpose for our life is the most important thing in life and to find that plan and purpose and to walk that out what we're here on the earth. Amen. How many knows you're not here by accident? You have uh, a plan and a purpose ordained by God to be here. So he said, redeem the time. Uh, That means to buy back or to uh, use it carefully. Because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So he teaches us that we can know God's will. And then he begins to tell us what God's will is here in this context. He says, do not be drunk with wine or alcohol under the influence of alcohol. Wherein is excess or other translations say riot or, you know, lack of control. But, be in contrast, be filled with the Spirit. Say filled with the Spirit. So, God's pattern, God's plan for New Testament Christians is that they be filled with the Spirit. Because he told the church at Ephesus here, he says, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he indicates some of the characteristics are things that would be a a byproduct of being filled with the Spirit. He said, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Amen. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then lastly, he mentioned submitting yourselves one to another out of respect or reverence for the Lord. So these are some things about being filled with the Spirit or having uh, the Spirit, uh, you know, be the controlling interest in our life. Uh, We had talked some on previous times about uh, God's pattern for the church. Uh, Under the old covenant, you remember there was a tabernacle. Uh, in the wilderness, and God gave them specific instructions on how to build that tabernacle. And then he told Moses, build it according to the pattern that I showed you. Then when David got the pattern for Solomon's temple, again, he told them to build the tabernacle according to the pattern that the Lord had showed him. Right? Right? And then the end results was when they built the tabernacle according to uh, his plan and his purpose. Let me just read a couple of these. Exodus, 15, uh, Exodus 25, 9. You don't have to turn there. But it says, uh, New King James says, According to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of its furnaces. just so you shall make it. Uh, Another translation said, you must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern. So God had a pattern for the tabernacle under the Old Testament. Uh, Well, under the New Covenant, God has a pattern for the church. Amen. And part of God's pattern for the church is what we just read in Ephesians. It is for every person to be born of the Spirit and every person to be filled with the Spirit. I uh, was looking at uh, some quotes by church fathers on that, in regard to that. And uh, I believe I'll just back up. Can I read several of these quotes? What should the pattern for the New Testament church be? Well... The pattern for the New Testament church should be the pattern that we find in the book of Acts. Amen. If, uh, if we have the same uh, Lord's Supper they had, if we have the same water baptism they had, if we had the same, uh, you know, uh, new birth they had, then we should have the same filling of the Spirit they had, the same outreach they had, and the church should look like the church in the book of Acts. Amen. And so uh, this church is uh, part of God's vision and God's plan for this church is to be a church like we find in the Bible. Amen. The pattern. And uh, so uh, part of that pattern, as we just said, was to be a spirit-filled church, to be a word-based church, to be a church with the mission and the vision and the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now go back to John and let's look at what Jesus said to us in John chapter 14. How many is aware that the church is called the body of Christ? The body of Christ is linked to the head, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible calls Jesus the head and us the church his body. And, uh, of course, the body is to get its direction and its, uh, you know, motor skills, its input, its, its uh, uh, you know, direction from the head. Amen. Jesus is the head, we're the body. And he knows your body and your head are supposed to work together. And, I mean, Jesus is ascended on high, but when he ascended on high, he gave directions to the church uh we'll we'll read John, but let's read Matthew. Why are y'all laughing at me? At least we didn't go all the way back to genesis matthew chapter twenty eight <coughs> praise God, good things are in the future. Amen. the Lord is breaking. Barriers and causing us to break through matthew twenty eight we are the body, he is the head. let's listen at what the head had to say here in matthew twenty eight verse eighteen and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, This is after his resurrection, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth now he's he's going to leave. So he says to them, Go ye therefore, and teach, or the margin says, Disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So Jesus is with us today, and Jesus has given us a directive, a commission, to go into all the world and to make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all things whatsoever He has said. Whether it's Hanoi or whether it's Rogers, Arkansas or wherever it is, uh, God wants disciples to be made. Amen. And uh, God has a plan and purpose for us to carry out in his absence. He, as the head, is given directions by the Holy Spirit to the body. And we, as the body, are to continue to propagate or to carry forward the ministry and the vision that he started uh, on the earth when he was here. Is that simple enough? That's why we're doing what we're doing this summer, outreaching to kids. This is something, how many knows the little kids came to Jesus and Jesus received them and blessed them and ministered to them. You know, it's easier uh, to... to, uh, you know, train a child than it is to fix an adult. Amen. Uh, You know, the biggest window, if I ask how many of you got born again when you were young and and accepted Christ as your Savior when you were young, the majority, about 85% of people, uh, commit their life to the Lord when they're uh, 18 or below. And so if that's our biggest window of opportunity, then it makes sense that we should begin to reach out in that direction and pour time and energy and finances and resources into that connect, into that opportunity and begin to take advantage of that opportunity. Amen. God still fixes adults, don't matter how messed up your life has been. God can, God can get, you, uh, get you out of the hash heap, out of the pig pen, out of the chaos, into a place where you're walking in God's plan and purpose for your life. But the best thing to do is to get connected with the Lord when you're alone and get trained in the ways of the Lord. The Bible says if you bring up a child in the way of the Lord, he won't depart from it. Can you say amen? So we have an opportunity, so that's why we're doing what we're doing and reaching out this summer and making the effort because we believe this is the Lord's directive for us as a church to invest in our children and to invest in our youth. Can you say amen? So uh, we're thanking God that we've got good you know, people that's been trained that's going to impart uh, good things to our, our kids. Amen. So this pleases the Lord, our youth camp, our outreach to our the the outreach that we're going to do. So John chapter 14 uh, here, let's read a little bit what Jesus said to us here. Uh, He said again to make disciples here in John chapter 14 and verse 10. He said, believe thou not that I am in the father and the father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father which dwells in me, he doeth the works. So both words and works of Jesus are mentioned here. How many knows that we should not separate the works of God from the words of God? The gifts of the Spirit from the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, We're to be a balanced church, both a church that has the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ as well as the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the character of Christ is the fruit of the Spirit. The ministry of Christ is the teaching, the preaching, and the healing. Amen. Amen. So, uh, he mentioned here, "Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words, say words, the words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he doeth the works. So, what, again, are, what is the ministry of Jesus, and what is the works of Jesus? Uh, You know, let's just let the Word of God define what the ministry and the works of Jesus is. What did Jesus do when He was here on the earth? Turn back to Matthew, and let's see what Jesus' ministry was about. If we're His body, and He is the pattern, then we are to have the same ministry with the same characteristics that He has. Amen? Does this make sense to you this morning? Okay, what did Jesus do when he came here on the earth? Uh, Matthew 4.23 tells us what Jesus did. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues. Matthew 4.23. Jesus went about all of Galilee. Now, Galilee was a very ethnically diverse place. The Jews at Jerusalem looked down on the people of Galilee because it was a melting pot and a mixing pot, a a, a, a regional area, a multi-ethnicity. It was a region where, in times past, in the Old Testament, uh, when Israel went into exile, some of the uh, kings of, of Babylon uh, swapped people groups and put people in the in the land of Israel with the Israelites, and so there was interracial marriages between the Jews and these people, and so this peop- this area was not so holy as. Jerusalem was, it was a place where uh, a multitude of people uh, came and went from, and it was a, pl- a place of multi uh, people groups, and uh, it was a place with fishermen and, and you know, cities by the sea. And amazingly, that's where Jesus did most of his miracles, and that's where he based his ministry. Not in Jerusalem, in the religious, uh, you know, confines of, of the Jewish Uh, you know things that went on there but jesus ministered uh, to these people in galilee and most of his disciples were galilee and they wasn't the most holy scribes they were people uh, like matthew who was a former roman tax collector Uh, peter and james and john were all fishermen that jesus said come and follow me and they left their boats and their nets Uh, They were not people with PhDs. There's nothing wrong with education. I have some higher education, but it's not human education it's going to get the job done it's not human intellect or mentality it's going to get the job done the thing that's going to get the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ done is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the exercise of authority in Jesus name and that is the equipment that we as the church has to have if we're going to continue and we're going to convey and carry forward the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ can you say amen? And so we're not dependent on uh, education. We're dependent on, uh, you know, we're dependent on uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You know, uh, you, you know, you can I thank God for education. Like I said, you need to get education. Education is good. But at the same time, education is not everything in and of itself. Uh, you know, I remember a joke, can I tell another joke this morning, uh, about the farmer, you know, that he was just, had grown up in the country all of his life and, and uh, you know, never had any higher education and, and uh, you know, part of the time he farmed and then when his crops were in, he made a little bit of side on the side to help, you know, meet his needs by ferrying people across the local river. And so one day this young man shows up and, and uh, you know, because he has been highly, very highly educated and has PhDs in two or three different things. Like somebody said, sometimes PhD can mean post hole digger, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and so uh, again, not knocking education, don't get me wrong. Uh, But, you know, uh, he showed up, and so he was, you know, just fresh out of, you know, years and years and years of education. And uh, so he needs to get across the river. So he asked the old farmer, he said, uh, he said, I need to go across the river. Will you take me? And he said, sure, I'll take you. So they're going across the river, and, and the young man that had gotten educated, you know, to such a high degree, looked at the old farmer and thought, this guy's got to be one of the dumbest people on the planet. He just never has been out of the country. He don't know anything. And so he says to the old farmer, he says, do you know anything about philosophy? And the old man said, nope. And uh, he said, well, a fourth of your life is gone. And uh, he said, do you know anything about anthropology? And he said, nope. And he said, half of your life is gone. He said, uh, him again he said do you know anything about philosophy and he said nope he said uh, three-fourths of your life is gone and he got to laughing at this guy that was taking him across the river just in pride that he didn't have any education he got to laughing so hard he turned the boat over and the current separated him from, the, from the, the farmer and the boat. And so now he's out in the river. And the farmer yells out, Do you know anything about swimology? <laughs> and he said, No. He said, All of your life is gone. <laughs> in Acts chapter 4, When the disciples returned after Jesus had had been ascended on high, and the man in Acts chapter, they had been baptized with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and in Acts chapter 3, the man at the gate beautiful had been healed and raised up, and he, was, he had been lame, and now from, from his mother's womb, now he's walking and leaping and praising God. They took the disciples and pulled them into the Jewish Sanhedrin, which was the Congress, and they, they, they were just, you know, they were going to interrogate them. And the Bible says that they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. Say, been with Jesus. So if you have choice between a Ph.D. or a B.W.J., the B.W.J. being being with Jesus, being with Jesus will get the job done where human education won't get the job done. Now, you need to get education to fulfill your occupation. Again, I'm not knocking education. Paul was a highly educated man. He had grown up under uh, Gamaliel there in Jerusalem and been educated in the law and spoke multiple languages. And he was very educated. But he said, when I came to you, he said, I didn't come with the eloquency of human speech. He said, I come in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. So it's necessary if we're going to do the works of Jesus and do the ministry of Jesus that we had the equipping of the Lord Jesus. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks, about getting equipped with what Jesus was equipped with so we can do the job that Jesus did and continue His ministry. Can you say amen? So what was Jesus' ministry? And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Can you say man? I have been known to preach a little bit too long, so I'm going to take the privilege of stopping short this morning. I know some of you are about to fall off your seat and that you now believe that actual miracles do occur? (laughs) If we're going to do the works of Jesus, let me read one more scripture. (laughs) Go to John where we were going to go and let's conclude with this. And I just want to share with you that you're not here this morning by accident. Some of you think you're here by accident. You're not. The Lord is calling you to come and share in the the vineyard, to work in the vineyard and to do the ministry of Jesus. You know, you might say, well, I'm not, I don't have this education. I don't have this. I don't have that. The Lord does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And the Bible says that He chose Uh, you know, purposely the things that were insignificant, not born in king's palaces, not highly educated geniuses, not people of noble birth or royalty. He, He didn't choose people like that because you would think, okay, they can get the job done because they've got all these qualifications. No, the Bible says he chose the things that were foolishness to confound the things that were wise. Are you still here? He chooses, uh, you know, people like me. Uh, I remember uh, just not too long ago, I was a kid in Texas running around on the farm. My hair was red instead of more blonde. And I had uh, I had more hair too. And, <laughs> and I wore blue overalls. And I had a dog named Jake. And me and Jake, we were buddies. And we fished and we played in the hay at the barn. And we did farm chores and And the Lord, I decided to be an engineer because I had people in my uh, family that was in engineering. And so I went to college and graduated from high school and then went to college and got a degree in electrical engineering. And so I started my job working in industry. And although God, it is God's plan and purpose for some people to be in business because God needs people in business in every aspect of God uh, that to, to underwrite the kingdom of God and to be a witness there. But, uh, uh, you know, I felt like I was, uh, uh, like somebody said, I felt like I was washing my feet with my socks on. Something just wasn't right. And so I began to seek God's plan and purpose and ended up in some meetings like this church meeting this morning. And as I did, my heart began to get opened and I began to... My head, you know, had one thing going on, but my heart began to tell me that God was dealing with my life to do something different and to commit my life to Him. And so I committed my life to the Lord. And then when I committed my life to the Lord, each it's step by step with the Lord. You take a step and then once you take a step then God shows you more. And then you take that step and God shows you more. And then you take that step. And so I took the step of giving my life to the Lord and uh, began to walk with Him, volunteered and began to serve in my local church. Well, as I began to serve in my local church, the pastor started asking me to do different things. And I started actually, uh, one day he said, I think you ought to teach a Sunday school class. So uh, I started teaching a Sunday school class. And I was scared. I was always introverted when I was young. Didn't like to get up in front of people. Didn't like to give book reviews. I always sat on the back row everywhere. Uh, You know, I just didn't like to, you know, be, you know, out front. And, uh, and still don't particularly enjoy it, but, I, you know, I know I'm equipped to do it. And so uh, uh, anyway, uh, you know, he started asking me to do it. I started doing some things, and then I went to some more meetings, and the Lord led me to do this, and then I went to Bible school. I thought I was just going to serve in the ministry of helps. So I enjoy, like, ushering and greeting, doing things like that, supportive ministries. And then the doors opened up, and the anointing on my life. I saw that the Lord had called me to go into the ministry. So I had decided to be an engineer. Near, but I discovered what God had planned and what God's purpose was for me before the world began. And I started walking in that plan and purpose. And you're here this morning not by accident. Amen. God's got a plan, God's got a purpose, God's got more for you. And if you're hungry for that, then God will bring you into that. But the Lord needs people that will step up and follow Him and obey Him for His plan to be fulfilled on the earth today. Uh, we're talking about if we're going to get the ministry of Jesus done as the body of Christ and He is ahead, then we need to have the same equipment that He had to do the job that He did. Wouldn't it make sense that we would do it the same way that He did it? Uh, Here in John chapter 10, he said, Believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Now notice verse 12. Verily, verily. Say verily, verily. We don't use verily, verily today. I didn't greet you this morning and say, Verily, verily, good to see you in church today. Right? John fourteen twelve. 12. He starts by saying, Verily, verily. King James, that is tantamount or that is synonymous today of saying, I swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. When he said, verily, verily. So Jesus is saying, verily, verily, I swear to tell you the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. He said, I say unto you. So Jesus is speaking to us today. What's Jesus saying to us today? He that believes on me. Are you a believer this morning? Do you believe on Jesus? Then this is written to you. He said, he or she that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he or she do also. Amen. The works that Jesus did, Travis does also. The works that Jesus did, Chelsea does also. The works that Jesus did, Merritt does also. Miss Deborah does also. You are to be doing the works of Jesus. If you believe on him, he said, the works that I do shall you do also. And this will really blow your mind. And greater than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Well... Uh, you say, what are the greater works? Well, we could start with the works and then proceed to the greater works, could we not? The greater works have to do that, that Jesus, a new dispensation was ending and a new birth, uh, being filled with the Spirit. Those type of things were not offered to us, uh, uh, you know, until after Jesus ascended on high. Now those things are available and we can preach and teach the Word of God and people can get born again. Can you say Amen? And people can be uh, filled with God's Spirit after Jesus ascended on high. He said he had prayed the Father. Uh, So let's read on down. He says, "And whom? And whatsoever you shall ask, this is the way the works are going to be done. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it." And in verse sixteen, he said, "I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper." another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. So in the name of Jesus and by the greater one, the spirit of God, we are being equipped and we as a church, the body of Christ are carrying forth the ministry of the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? So we're going to be sharing more about doing the works of Jesus, but I just want you to know that, you know, uh, just like you take your car to the mechanic when you get a new set of tires on your car, they balance the wheels so they don't wobble. Well, the church maybe needs, uh, got a little wobble in it. And we've been saying, okay, we got the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, great. But we also are to do the works of Jesus with the anointing and with the power of the Spirit that He had on Him. Amen. Amen. And so we've got the fruit of the Spirit. We've got the gifts and the operation of God's power of the Spirit. We've got the words to preach, but we've got the power uh, and the works of Jesus also. And so Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the body of Christ is to have the same ministry that he had and we're to do the same works that he said. He himself said that. And he equipped us to do them. And we're going to talk more about that. And then we're going to act on that equipping and we're going to walk out the works the works of Jesus and do the Great Commission. And we're going to reach out. Jesus said, uh, you know, after you receive the power of the Holy Spirit coming on you, he said, you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. That's Roger's. Judea, that's you know Benton County and McDonald County and Carroll County, right? Samaria, that's Arkansas and into the uttermost parts of the world. Amen. Amen. We're reaching out. We we got some of our representatives that's reaching out to the far east right here this morning. We got some of our our, our you know Raymond students or, or Bible school students just come back that are reaching out here at Jerusalem. Uh, You know, Faith, uh, one of the Raymond students that were just here, she just came back from Guatemala last week. And we're going to have goings and comings all over the world out of this home base here. And we're going to plant other churches. Amen. And we're going to see the works of Jesus done. We're going to see people healed by the power of God, filled by the power of God, saved by the power of God, make recommitments to their life, and find God's plan for their lives. Amen. Praise God. Okay, now... I'm going to stop, okay? Would you stand with us? Uh, Sit with me. I have... A part in the character of Christ, in the fruit of the Spirit, and in the ministry of Christ, in the works of Jesus. I believe on Him, and He will use me for His glory. Amen. Praise God. Before we go today, every head bowed and every eye closed, Say, Pastor Tim, you know, I hadn't walked with the Lord close. There's no better day to to make a decision for the Lord than today. Uh, Today is the day of salvation. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, or you've not walked with the Lord closely, and you want to recommit your life to the Lord, then the Lord is waiting with open arms and in love to embrace you and to call you home to Himself today so that you can have sweet fellowship with Him and you can know and enjoy His plan, His blessings for your life. So uh, we just ask, Father, in Jesus' name that every person here Uh, before they would leave today would make the decision to, uh, to obey you, to walk in your plan for their life. We thank you for convicting their heart of their need for that and that today is the day. And that your love awaits them. We just thank you, Father God, that uh, your grace and your enlightenment comes to them. And that they know how much you love them and how much you died for them to remove their sins. So that they could have righteousness and enjoy fellowship and be a part of your family. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. We're going to dismiss now. And uh, we have small groups uh, for fellowship. Uh, for about the next, uh, you know, thirty minutes or so, we'd like for you to be able to meet other people and to interact with others and get to know them and share good testimonies and discuss, uh, you know, some things about what we've talked about this morning. And so, uh, uh, group age twenty-five to fifty meet here in the auditorium. Fifty and over meet out in the lobby, and then uh, twenty-five and under meet back in the youth room. So we invite you to join those if you'd like to stay for the small groups. And then uh, we want to add in the prayer that we just prayed today uh, in 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 a person desiring to draw close to the Lord and uh, make Jesus the Lord of their life or recommit their life. There's going to be ministers down here as we go out. You can come forward, meet with someone, pray with them, and they will lead you in prayer and follow up on you so that uh, you're walking in God's plan for your life and fulfilling God's call upon your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the good fellowship. We thank you for the great commission that you've given us, that you're seeing us clearly, how uh, communicating clearly with us how to carry that out. And uh, Father, we just thank you that it's a blessed day that this church uh, increases, expands into your plan and purpose for us. We just give you the glory and honor and praise for all the good things you have done, are doing, and will do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. Stay for small groups, refreshments, and and fellowship. And we invite you to come back and be with us next week.